Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you ever wanted to start something? Have you seen a gap maybe in the market or you've got your own passion project or your own curiosity and you're thinking, I want to start a business. I want to start something online. I've seen something that someone is doing and they're not doing it well or there's been someone doing something and it's been happening for a very long time and it's it needs a bit of a shake up. Well, you're in the right place today because... Today, I'm joined by the co-founder of The Daily Oz, Sam Kozlowski. Sam and Zara Seidler, they basically co-founded, I would like to call it a new media enterprise business venture. Epic. And uh, we're going to share your story today of how you did that. For the budding business owners, you'll hear about uh, how their approach was, why they started. We'll talk about how you got some external funding how all that works with shareholders, what the vision is. But then as part of the why story, Sam, I want to talk about, you know, why you started it and then maybe we can just help people Mm. take some practical life steps away with just understanding politics even Mm. uh, because it's just such a big thing. And then we might get into some trouble and talk about the book. Sure. um, And why you've written that. And yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. So Awesome. So nice to be here with you and long time listener, first time guest. Yeah. So well, let's do it. Welcome. So what I like to do, Sam, is tell us exactly right now today yeah. what the operation is, what the business is, you know, how many people are out here in the team, and then we will rewind and kind of go back to the start. So today, what's The Daily Oz? So right now, The Daily Oz is Australia's fastest growing youth media company. And we've got a presence on Instagram, TikTok, podcasting, newsletters, video, and now web as well. And we're starting to play around now with books and events. Mm. Um, We've got 16 employees, so 14 employees and myself and Zara. And that has all come in the last two years. So Zara and I quit our jobs two years ago. So even though the Daily Oz is six years old, the full-time Daily Oz is two years old. Uh, And of those 16, about 10 content creators and journalists and people who work on delivering content. And then there's six of us who work on growth, tech, sales, all that kind of thing to make the machine hum. Mm. And what was your day job before you guys both went all in on this? Right before I was a corporate lawyer for two years at a big law firm, very, very hard work, long hours. It was, I think it was, I was a victim of the COVID work from home, just not being able to engage at all with the profession really and got totally disengaged, you know, as a junior lawyer being told to sit in a crowded share house in the middle of a pandemic and try and do work on huge financial services and resources, clients and all that kind of thing. I just, it wasn't for me. Um, but before that, I was a journalist at Fox Sports for five years. Right. So I started full-time work when I was 18. 
Oh, Fox Sports, Fox. That's why you started the alt-right media agents, the media business. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I, I loved working for News Corp so much, I thought I'd challenge them. Yeah, it's wild, hey. Um, so how old are you? I'm 28. Yeah, awesome. Um, and Zara's 26. Yeah, cool. So you really saw a need for what you've created and, you know, we're a few years in and yeah. hundreds of thousands of people, so the market is after it. Yeah, and there was just nothing like it. But interestingly, there still is nothing like it. Mm. Um, there's nowhere that young people can go for the news of the day delivered, just the facts, really clear in a friendly format. I've been waiting for other kind of competitors and especially in overseas markets and it just hasn't quite cracked it. Now, either that means that we're really silly and it's a really bad place to be or it just hasn't had that authentic shot at it yet from young people who can talk across from their audience. Mm. So everyone, before you go any further, if you haven't heard of The Daily Oz, open Instagram, search mm. The Daily Oz, smack, Welcome. That, smack that follow. <laughs> I always follow and make comments and I have a lot I of I love fun. when you comment. It's yeah. so good because it's so nice to build a little community in the comment section as well. And comment sections can typically be really terrible places, mm. but we try and encourage people in ours to actually like provide their two cents and yeah. I really like it. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and I, I just, just like, cause I like being involved Yeah, and um, yeah, it's awesome. So how do you start a business mm. or how yeah. did you start? You, I mean, in our case, we started it just as a hobby with no expectations. Yeah. So I went through a really bad breakup in 2017 and my psychologist at the time said, you need a project. And I had this idea for a media company that served this served my friends pretty much because I was the person that my friends would come to and say, I'm about to go on a date with a girl. Can you tell me quickly what's happening in North Korea so I don't sound stupid? And Zara was also that person to her friends. And so I put something on LinkedIn saying, I want to start a media company, but I don't want to do it by myself. Does anyone want to do it with me? And Zara was the only person to respond. And we went for a coffee a couple of days later and that was that. Mm. But for the first three years of the Daily Oz, it was just five Instagram story tile tiles that went up at 8 a.m. every day. That said, the four big stories of the day and one good news. And by the end of the third year, we had 1,000 followers, mm. but we did it every single day. In hindsight, you'd look at that and go, that's pretty silly to do the same thing every single day with that small of an audience. It was probably mostly our friends and family. Mm. But it meant that when the pandemic hit, we knew exactly what content to serve because we had this sample size of a 1,000 people that we'd practiced on for so long. Mm. But I think what we did really well was not go all in mm. too early. So we weren't financially reliant. There was no revenue even forecast you know, in, in our wildest dreams. It was just us learning about what would make a good product uh, and continuing to see if there was a need. Man, there is so much there. And all you people listening and you want to start a business and you want to do something like that, press rewind for two minutes and re-listen to that because that was the whole thing. It's like when the times are tough, the passion and the project vibe of it needs to sustain you yeah. to push through. Yeah. Yeah, wow. But it's and also about balancing the reality that you might start a passion project and it might not be 
a full business. So you've got to keep working in mm. another job. Or, you know, I talk to a lot of people who go all in too early and I, I really encourage people to stick out their current job until they really can't balance both. Yeah, when I started My Millennial Money, it wasn't the first podcast I had. Yeah, The first podcast I did, it sucked. Yeah, so I, right. I, I stopped it. I'm like, yeah. no, this approach isn't working. Right. I need to re-pivot. There you go. Did you both have a thing in your mind as like, we're going to go at this for X amount of time if there are no signs of life, did you have any of those signs of life markers? Because it's that whole thing, like I like to talk about when you're the the 55-year-old wait staff in LA who's about to break it in acting. Yeah. It's like, well, at some point you've got to call it. Uh, of course. I think we were going to call it at a time where, A, we lost the passion to yeah. do it even for those 1,000 people, but B, when we had other careers that were really taking off and it was no longer viable time-wise. So if I had loved corporate law, I think the Daily Oz wouldn't exist. Mm. And if Zara had loved political lobbying, then the Daily Oz wouldn't be here. So I think there was a little bit of luck in that we didn't love our existing jobs. Um, I think what we found handy was the Daily Oz helped us get other jobs by being something we talked about in job interviews. So even when we weren't having success on the page, mm. it still had this sense for us of, okay, this is there's some utility to this. You know, it came up as like a what do you do outside of work that we could find interesting kind of answer. It's awesome because me as an employer, mm. and you're probably similar because what you've just shared has been a bit of a result of that. Like I don't hire positions, I hire people. Yeah. And I hire good people. Yeah. And part of that is they've got a life outside of work or Definitely. they've got a passion project and yeah, it's it's only we, a good thing, right? It's hire slow and hire the right people is one of the big lessons from my first two years of entrepreneurship. Mm. So when was the first hire? So we quit our jobs on the same day, January fifth, twenty twenty one. Yeah. The insurrection on Capitol Hill was January sixth, twenty twenty one. Awesome. Um, and our coverage it was just R and I, obviously still, and our coverage was really good that day, and it reaffirmed why we existed. There was this huge, crazy event happening in Washington and we could explain it to people. Mm. Um, and then we made our first hire in March, so two months later, and we hired a person, not a position. Yeah. Uh, and it was uh, our head of partnerships today. Her name's Tara. Yeah. Uh, she messaged me seven times on LinkedIn before I replied, just saying, I love what you guys do and I want to invent a job for myself there. And she was just finished uni, was interning at a couple of media places and said, I just want to help grow it. I'm not not a journalist. I can't really add to that side of the business. I just want to help grow it. Mm. And she is a huge leader in the company and has established almost single-handedly, you know, a massive revenue pipeline and made the business survive. Mm. And the fact that we're hiring journalists now almost every couple of months is because of her work early on. So... Far out, lots of questions. Mm. Your first hire yeah. was the business producing revenue or did you guys take a punt and self-fund it? We raised some capital. So we've raised two rounds of capital. Yep. One round we raised was a very small round of about 400000 before we quit our jobs. And that came about because of a discussion that Zara and I were having a lot where we couldn't quite understand this startup mentality of I'm just going to quit and not know where any money's coming from, but somehow still pay my rent and somehow still eat some food. Mm. So we'd heard stories on, you know, Shark Tank or wherever about I quit my job and five years later I wasn't earning any money, but then I made it big. 
we just didn't understand it. So we said, okay, if we can raise a really small round from family, friends, in angel investors, some people in the media, then we'll quit our jobs, pay ourselves minimum wage and go from there. Mm-hmm. So we raised that round. And then a year later in February 2022, one of our investors said, I feel like the economy is getting wobbly. You guys should try and raise now to try and really accelerate this. We'd had a really good year. I wasn't ready to raise mm-hmm. and I had in my mind that it was too early and him and a couple of others really pushed me and it was the right call mm-hmm. because it would have been much harder to raise six months later. So we raised 1.2 million in June of 2022. Yeah. And I'll only ask uh, Sam to answer questions that are in the public domain already. Cool. So is it in the public domain of what the percentage is that you still hold with Zara? No, but I can say that we both control the company together. Yeah, so we're awesome. over 50% together. Right. And that we've got investors who they all bring something to the game that we needed. So whether that's media experience, tech experience, even funding experience, um, we were really strategic in who we wanted. And the guy who led our last round is a guy called David Gingell. Who was Channel Nine? Yeah, who yeah. was the CEO of Channel Nine? Yeah, and that was a really loves a biff, loves a biff, <laughs> and that was a really, really important moment for us because yeah. we've always had this kind of chip on our shoulder about traditional media not taking us seriously, mm. and this was like a blessing from the Godfather of Australian media, mm. like a stamp of approval that these guys are legit. You know, I've run Channel Nine, and I think that these guys are onto something cool. Mm. So that was really, really good. And when we put his name out there in the release and everything, it got a huge response. And I'm probably, you know, I, I when I first started this podcast, I used to say I only really talk to guests that I want to talk to and ask questions, and everyone else can join in. <laughs> right. So, like for me personally, yeah, I'm at a tipping point, and I've toyed like because when I started, I own 100 percent, right? Mm. I was self-funded for the first couple of years. I put my own capital in. I paid. It got to the point with John, my co-host, like, and I think we had two staff members. I'm like, something's got to change. Everyone is now earning money and I'm not and I need to change that. So we, you know, made some changes. And uh, But I'm at the stage now where I can either keep the status quo, keep my lifestyle, keep everything humming along, or do I go and get serious funding and go for growth, but not necessarily, I don't want the empire of 50 people, but just grow the listenership because we've got the scale on the back end. So I'm, this is just interesting because, and the whole- It's a very existential discussion. Like (laughs) what do you actually want to do for the next five years? That was the kind of thinking that I found myself Mm. having in those capital raise discussions. So you'll be thinking about, okay, what do I want my business to look like in four years and what do I need to do to get there. And the and there's two things. It's like if I go for growth mm. and get funding, it's put in a CEO. Yeah. Put in a little mini C suite and give them the business. Yeah. And I'm just a host of the podcast and do my thing. Uh hopefully not gagged or, you know, still have the autonomy to be Glenn, just grow the audience. And I think any money that would come into my business would go one hundred percent probably mini C suite and then to advertising. Like but it's that other side of the coin. I don't want to buy an audience too much. No. Because you want it to be organic and legitimate. And you want those audience members to stick around. So exactly. there's no point it's spending money a, on yeah, marketing to for, an audience that's going to listen to one episode and then go away. Yeah. So that's the quite the dilemma. Yeah. Um, so, and, and then within all that is the succession question. So it's just something that's yeah. been on my mind. So that's Have why you ever I, considered crowdfunding? 
No. Because I think that's a really interesting model of media that mm. I'm yet to see a company really explore. Mm. But, I mean, we see media companies do donation models and mm. subscription models, but then I, I think there could be space for readers buying into a company via a crowdfunding method. Mm. Now, crowdfunding is always a bit tricky because then you've got, you know, 10,000 investors and you've got to give them reports. Yeah, and, and like, what's anything worth? Yeah, and if know, someone gives yeah. you 500 bucks, then it might cause more than $500 worth of headaches. So mm. there's always a tricky part to crowdfunding. But I see so many businesses do these incredible crowdfunding raises and raise millions and millions of dollars. But then you have real buy-in. I mm. think something about media is that listeners need to be invested. Yeah, in and this is way. good. Like, I, I on purpose, like, because I've moved to Newcastle and two hours away, I'm not in Sydney every other week now, but when I come down spend three or four days here, do a heap of meetings. I've made a decision. I'm going to get back involved in a bit of the startup VC scene, like cool. hang out with people like you. We're going to an event tonight. Like just trying to maybe re-spark something. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's it's a watch this space. But back to your business, mm. you wouldn't necessarily need any more funding. We're pretty good now. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're running a pretty tight ship and I mean – the next 12 months for the whole media industry is going to be really tough. And well, marketing budgets have dried up. Yeah. So well, we've noticed it. Have you have? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's much harder. And what we're finding, it's even little things, not necessarily that we're finding less revenue, but the revenue is taking longer to lock in. And the kind of lead times in mm. terms of when you talk to someone in marketing, a deal that could have taken a month last year is now taking three months. Mm. So it's just about that kind of long term planning. But I think that, um, we've built enough of kind of a war chest for us not to have to raise until we're excited to raise, not raising because we are desperate to... Yeah, we're running to something, not out of exactly. doing it to keep the lights on. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Hey, we'll take a quick break because we've got to pay the bills Love and it. we'll come back right after this. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So we talked about the funding and one thing that I always think was it's good to be independent. Yeah. Okay. So not being- Especially in media. In media, yeah. Mm. And I think- I. 
I, I'm kind of in media, but kind of not. Well, I'm not in news. Mm. When I don't report anything. What am I in? I don't even know. You're in- I'm just doing a podcast. Yeah. That's what I'm you're doing. You're in media. You're still yeah. in media. I think yeah. news is one area of media, mm. but there's, you know, lifestyle, home, architecture, yeah. content. Yeah. About- I'm a content creation yeah, media. Exactly. So one company that I follow and I pay for, mm. you may uh, as well, Crystal and Saga, Breaking Points. Mm-hmm. So they've got a very unique model where it basically is crowd cash flowed. Yeah. Uh, 100% subscription and all that. Yeah. In a perfect world, and I ask my Facebook group every couple of, probably once a year, I'll be like, hey, does anyone want to pay for a podcast without ads for $5 a month? Yeah. And like three people are like, yeah, I will. It's So people are happy with ads, which is fine. But it just, I was looking at a review this morning and someone was like, oh, Glenn is a sellout or something like that. Mm. He, he was saying that he shops at a local pharmacy to support small business, not Chemist Warehouse and all that. And then, then there was an ad for Chemist Warehouse. Right. Like, what well, they I didn't even know there was a Chemist Warehouse ad. So, yeah. it just getting money has inherent issues. Totally. But I've just resolved that most things are conflicted, but is the conflicts managed? Mm. Like what? It, like so, how have you managed? conflict with money from advertisers. Yeah. So, well, the first point I'll touch on is this whole idea of whether subscription revenue would be good for us. Mm. Uh, And we've resolved that as of right now, and this is a dynamic business and Mm. things change all the time, but as of right now, our main mission in news is accessibility. Mm. And that means getting to as many people as possible. And by putting a paywall, you you inevitably limit how many people. So we're we're shelving that for now. Um, That really will be like kind of a last... Resort. Like you'll be able to call me up if you see us doing subscriptions and go, you must be doing it tough. Mm. So then we look at like advertising. But don't, but don't also, I wouldn't actually say that because in two years, the world could be different. Totally. You might have a new, so your audience is getting older. They're going to have more money and they might things think so change. things change. Totally. We, we actually right at the beginning said, I've said on the podcast before, we're not going to do advertising. Yeah, I, I said it. I'm not doing yeah. ads. So Next minute, things I've got change to pay all the bills. Time. Yeah. So then we look at like, okay, we we do this advertising content. How do we prevent conflict with the audience? And it's all about selecting the partners. Yeah. And even when we select a good partner to so we say about two no's for everyone. Yes. Yeah, I'm probably. But even then, with the yeses, we still say no to particular campaigns. Mm. So you might do an advertising deal with a utilities company and then might not align with the actual campaign or a travel company or Mm. an insurance company. So things have changed a lot. Like my dad worked at the Sydney Morning Herald in the 90s and you could put an ad for a P&O cruise ship next to an article and no one would say the Herald has endorsed that cruise. Like they're not saying they they gave the rubber stamp on that. It was kind of this disconnect between the content and the ads. Mm. Now, if you hear my voice talking to you about something – it sounds like Sam's cool with it. Mm. So we need to be really careful with who we select. And we ask our audience a lot, what type of partners do you want us to work with? What do you do when you see a good partner? What's most important to you? Is it cheapest prices? Is it highest quality? Is it ethical standards? Like what is mm. it about a product that's important? You've got to ask, got to ask those questions. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I've, I've It's just prompted me, I'm going to do some housekeeping and tell people just our model, just to remind them, if Glenn's voice or one of our host's voice is on there, yeah. we've legitimately looked at and gone on balance. There's no issues. We think it's – and this is the thing, not every product is for everyone. But so that Chemist Warehouse example, 
it was a network ad voiced by someone. I've excluded gambling, politics, finance, yeah. porn, or whatever. I've but it's excluded interesting because if you were watching Channel 10 News and then you saw an ad for something during the news, there's still a disconnect there. Yeah. You're not thinking the Channel 10 News reader yeah. has endorsed that ad. So there's just something about the medium and new media that well, it's connects so personal. Them. Definitely. And that's what I say to people is like, if my mouth is moving, assume it's an ad. How about that? Yeah. Like, let's just set that bar really low. Everything's conflicted. Yeah. Lower your standards of me. But uh, so, yeah, the revenue thing, uh, what's been your biggest challenge or learning on the cash flow of the business? Probably how quickly we can accelerate the growth and marketing and personnel side of things in a very unpredictable economic environment. Mm. Like, it's always tricky when you're kind of relying on six or seven big deals to set your tone for the next 12 months. Mm. Um, but we have made a conscious effort to do less deals that are bigger yeah. rather than there's a heap of little deals. But as a result, we're like even today I'm waiting for an email that will dictate how I'm feeling about the next couple of months. Um, and that's small business, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, that's what everyone who runs a small business goes through. But I think the biggest learning is get the signature before you start making the big moves. Like I get very excited when I get a kind of tentative yes and start planning big wild dreams. I have learned get until the signature. that signature's done, you don't have money for me. Exactly. And I've had companies and it's really hard. Small business, I say what I mean, I mean what I say. Corporates will say one thing, you'll reserve that month for the ad campaign, all good, locked in. Oh, no, we're not doing that now. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you told me you were. Yeah. So with the business mm. and you've got funding from round one, friends and family, round two, maybe legitimate VC money, mm. is what's the governance piece? Is there a board? And so you're both CEOs. Do you both report into the board? Are you co-CEOs? We're co-founders. We've never given each other any sort of titles. Yep. The way we split our, interestingly, the way we split our responsibilities is I focus on the business and the growth side of things and Zara focuses exclusively on editorial. Perfect. Uh, and that's a really nice well, way. Well, if two people are doing the same thing, one's not needed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then we have a board. So there's a board of three. It's myself, Zara, and one of our shareholders. And he is a full-time, you know, VC, uh, fundy, knows board governance, mm. directorships inside and out. And that's what we really were missing was some expertise in that area. So, and he's got a real passion for the business. And so it's really nice to check in with him, even on WhatsApp, just quickly and run ideas by him. He checks our management reports and we make sure that we're kind of on track. So if there is someone who's given capital into the business, mm. is it like you get a report once a year, don't expect a return right now? Like suck it up. So we send monthly updates right. to investors and they're pretty light on like the nitty gritty of mm. it all because I think you have to remember that, yeah, you're right. I mean, no investor into the Daily Oz. Everyone knows media and media is hard. Mm. Um, and so no one thinks that we're this crazy software solution that can scale 3,000 times in a year and then exit quickly to mm. Adobe. Mm. You know, we're not that kind of business. Everyone who's invested is invested because they believe in what we're doing and I think, I think when we get to the five-year mark, then maybe some conversations will start around mm. like when, when am I getting my money back and all that kind of thing. But I think everyone has given us a lot of time to really get this right. So we're two years in now, two and a bit years in now, 
Um, we have never had one inkling of a comment from anyone who's invested in the company saying, have you started thinking about how to give it back to me? But that's also an investment lesson. If you're investing into VC and startup, you don't need that money immediately. No, these are, these like, are yeah, people who have got that disposable cash. Like to, I've invested in startups and different risky ventures, if you will. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'll forget about that for five years and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think that's why we steered away from promising any of those quick results as well. There is not one example really in media of like a quick turnaround of a success story. It takes a long time. Yeah. But the best thing we can do with investors is keep really transparent with mm-hmm. them. And they were all told at the beginning as well, part of the condition of being involved with TDA is you can't interfere editorially. So we never get yeah. any messages awesome. from them about why aren't you covering this or why aren't you doing that. Yeah. And that's really important as well for a media company. Yeah. I actually also do that with um, sponsors and brands. Right. Like our yeah. agency- Same. And I've told them, don't ask me. They're like, oh, we need to know what your next five weeks of content is going to be for ads. I'm like, nope, yeah. I'm doing this. Like one the other day, they're like, oh, um, this brand wants to sponsor you. Can you not talk about this for the next month? I'm like, nope. Yeah. I don't get gagged. I don't need the money that bad. Yeah. Like, and that's the way to do media. Yeah. That's real media. Yeah. And he, yeah. So anyway, we can share war stories tonight. <laughs> but um when we look at what you're doing and if we transition now for maybe newsy, politicky yeah. stuff for people that might be new to this world, when you do this media and we know that there there shouldn't be bias in reporting, mm. right? And I, I can share with everyone how I kind of consume news myself, but we think of like Fox News, you know, pretty right, like all that. You might go... I don't know what's CNN, CNN, the other side, like yeah. completely left. And then, you know, you're camping. Where would you say you're camping center left, center right, trying to be a bit center? Like, well, interestingly, we try and position ourselves to not be in that landscape mm. and to be the thing that you should read before you read the outlets that are on that landscape. Yeah. So we are not really interested in taking a position on anything. Mm. Now, of course, in curating news and in inherently reporting a certain way about a certain thing, there it's we've received criticisms that we're right wing on some issues and we're left wing on some right. issues, which actually to me is perfect. That's a good yeah. 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 The best stories I think for us are really difficult topics where the comment section says, I can't believe you're siding with the Liberal Party and I can't believe you're siding with the Labour Party. But you're like, we never said that. <laughs> well, if it's going both ways, then that's fantastic. Yeah, true. So but you know, it comes into difficult areas, like let's take climate, for example. Mm. We will sometimes report a climate story as good news. Now, that's inherently an, opi- you know, an opinion per se. But then we go, well, we as young people can take a position that it's not an opinion, it's just science. So we do have a position on some things, gun control, gay rights, climate. Some issues we are not afraid to take a position, if you like. Yep. We just think it's human decency, but it's yep. still a position. Yeah. Um, but other things, particularly in politics, we, we definitely don't take a position. We're not taking a position on the voice to parliament, mm. for example. Cool. And it's funny, it, I actually asked someone the other day, I'm like, oh, what are you voting? I'm like, what do you mean, what am I voting? What On what? Didn't even know. Yeah, interesting. Like, actually, a ref of what? Yeah, so interesting. There, like, There's a real sense of um, ambiguity and, and, you know, uh, a lack of civics education 
And I think that that's our role in all of this is like, what's a referendum? What's the constitution? How do you change it? How does voting work? Who's the AEC? All that this is probably as close as I'll ever get to talking politics on this microphone, right? Love it. Because it's just, I'm a money podcaster. Everyone's got different views. Yeah. Vote who you want, whatever, don't care. The referendum, it's not a political issue. No, well, it's uh, not meant to be. No. So referendums constitution yeah. is neutral. Yeah. So, so if you look historically at referendums in Australia, they're typically supported by both major parties. So both major parties get up and say to the Australian people, we think this is a good idea across the political spectrum. What do you guys think? In this case, it, that hasn't happened. So we have a split in the way that the two major parties think about the referendum. And as a result of that, it is very political. Mm. So it's a very um, – for everyone under – I think it's for everyone under 42 or something. This is your first referendum. Yes. So – Yeah, I haven't had one. We're getting a totally different experience of what a referendum feels like to mm. historically what referendums have been like in Australia. And it is noisy, like – Super noisy. I um, I was listening or read something the other day where they're like just the way that it's been done. Previously, there would be a like a referendum – working group or something that might be bipartisan or a, a conference or something. Exactly, yeah. So so typically it's really positioned as this, you know, everyone's coming together to put something to the Australian people to move us forward. This is a totally different kettle of fish. Yeah, and you wonder, is it because it was such a, a pre-election mandate from the Labor government? Partly that. I also think partly global politics come into this. Mm. And if you look around at global politics over the last 10 years – Things that were once simple are now very polarised mm-hmm. um, and we are not immune from that. I mean, we've had Trump-era politics, we've had Brexit. There's been kind of this polarisation and increased tension in politics all over the world. Mm. So I'm not surprised that we're here. So what I would encourage anyone, because this podcast is going up uh, before the referendum, so what I do on my X feed now, call it X, um, which I think I'm about to delete, but... <laughs> Interesting. I do lists on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And on purpose, I follow as many news outlets as possible. Cool. So I can go, what's the far left saying? What's the far right saying? You know, what's Guardian saying? What's um, Daily All saying or whatever? Like, just so I can know. And you've just got to know that either side of any spectrum is extremes. Yeah. That's why they call it a spectrum. Can I give a quick plug? So we've made Please. a web page called thedailyoz.com.au slash voice and it is just the simple what you need to know. Yeah. So we've got four videos on there. It's what's a constitution, what's a referendum, how does enrollment work and what can we expect on the day? And it's super simple. So if you're feeling like you need that base level before you dive into crazy. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes cool. as well. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, right? Of all the crap that I've seen online, right, and mm. all the people that I've talked to with both extreme views, I always ask them, have you actually read the paragraph that is proposed to go into the yeah, Constitution? Interesting. Yeah. A lot of people go, no. So turn it all down. Turn it all down. So we've got the paragraph on that landing page. We've got the yes arguments and the no arguments next to each other. Then we got links out to check your enrollment. We've really tried to put it all yeah. very distilled in one so place. So if you... What I would say is read the paragraph that's going into the Constitution and on balance, if you believe that that is a good paragraph, Mm. it's got to be a yes vote. I don't know. I don't want to tell people what to vote, but 
But you, beauty, you, you just got to look at what you're yeah. actually voting on, not worrying about all the noise about the yes and no. Mm. Let's just go, well, I've got to read this myself first. Yeah, and I think if we can all agree at a very minimum level how lucky we are to be in a country where everyone gets a vote, then that's at least mm. a good start that we can take out of yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I could actually talk politics <laughs> for for weeks, but uh, it's not the political Could be a podcast. new vertical for you. Oh, gosh, maybe. But on that, yeah. so my business... I run my team at maybe 80% Mm -hmm. capacity because nothing we do is urgent. Nothing we do is time critical. However, we've got a vibe that if it is, if we're running at 80% all the time, there are days and weeks where there's a spike where we have to run at 110. News drops today, this happened in the money world. We're usually the first and only podcast in the money world that will get out the same day before the commute home with an update. Right. And that's the agility that I want in my business. Yeah. So I can be agile and have a podcast episode up for the commute home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're living in a world where that's happening hourly. Half hourly. <laughs> how, like, how do you do it? Like, because yeah. I'm just like, I could not run a a news podcast because it's everything's time critical. Yeah. So so the podcast takes a different form in that we our motto with the podcast is can we be slow and right rather than fast and wrong. Perfect. Because the problem that we always run into is that you don't know half an hour after something happens what's actually going on. So the podcast sits in one kind of bucket of people listen to our podcast to have the news explained to them. The Instagram feeds and the website and all the kind of more live stuff is very different. We still are slow and right rather than fast and wrong, but we still want to be fast. Mm. So I think a really good example is, I mean, it'll be a couple of weeks after people are listening to this, but on on Friday night, I just wanted to go home and watch the Swans play in the final and just chill out, be a huge week, launch the book, massive. And then about eight o'clock at night, we started getting reports in that there was a car ramming in Melbourne CBD. Mm. And all of a sudden the Daily Oz was in action. And sure enough, we were reaching out to Victoria Police and we were checking to make sure that we got our facts right. We'd heard that someone had died. Is that a pedestrian? Is that another car driver? Is that the person driving the car? All of these details really matter because we want to be trusted and trust takes time. So by nine o'clock, we had something out. Um, We had to wait until the police commissioner spoke to get the details straight from her. And it was really important to us to do that reporting even when we didn't feel like it because news... I mean, we've opted into this. No mm. one should feel sorry for us for this. We've chosen this career because we really love reporting the news. Is the goal to have someone on the ground in the, each cap city, particularly East Coast? That would be the like ultimate goal. Yeah. I mean, starting a media company takes a lot of time and money, but essentially for things like um, Canberra, for example, we've yeah. got somebody in Canberra now half the year, Yeah. but I would love to. I mean, we're not doing a good enough job of representing our WA readers mm. if we don't have someone on the ground in Perth. It's um it must be a nightmare with HR with It's pretty tricky. Timey Lou yeah. or It's pretty tricky. Yeah. You need to pay people well. Yeah. Um and you need to be flexible. Yeah. And what flexibility looks like for us is like we're gonna be working really hard and lead up to the referendum. That might mean that everyone takes a bit of unpaid leave after. Yeah just to chill out or there might be quiet periods where people say it's a slow news day. Perfect. Go home at three o'clock because I guarantee there'll be times where you're here till nine o'clock and hopefully that all balances out. But we've got really good HR support as well and we've done that really early. Um, So we had HR come in when we were 12 people Mm. one day a week just to start to have boots on the ground. Yeah. And I think my vibe is like 
if you look after good people, good people should look after you. Totally agree. And it's just this geese gander thing. Totally agree. And just for my own curiosity, mm. do you subscribe to some type of wires service? Yeah. So how does the news work? Are there heaps of freelance people on the ground that sell stuff to wires or? So the news used to work as Twitter, as a main channel. Yeah. And there was this real power in Twitter as like every single government agency had its own Twitter feed and you could verify stuff really quickly. That's now gone. So we are more reliant on the wire services than ever before. So you're looking at things like AAP, you're looking at things like AFP overseas, Reuters, those kind of agencies. But those agencies have contractors on the ground. Yeah. Sniffing yeah, and we pay like. for we pay for the services. Yes. So particularly in photography, for example. Yeah. Like if we want a photo from Morocco, we need to pay for that. Yeah. Because we can't just we used to you know, when we couldn't afford it, we used to just kind of borrow from other media outlets and now yeah. and now it's much more about let's pay for our subscriptions to Getty Images and to AAP and all those things. If you look at the bylines on the images, you'll see agencies referenced. Yeah, awesome. Hey, um, I want to be conscious of uh, the time that you've given me. No silly questions. Yeah. What am I dealing with here? This is the first time I've got this book in my hand. Who should read this book and why? So this is the book that Zara and I wished that we had in high school. Right. So it kind of fills those gaps. And I think you'll particularly like the economics chapter and I'd love to get your thoughts on kind of how we've gone about explaining the news. But if we run with the, mon- the money in the, the finance example, like interest rates comes into the news once a month. And for people who didn't do economics, who didn't do commerce, who don't listen to your podcast, how are they meant to know why interest rates are important, why it matters, how it'll affect me, et cetera. We weren't taught that in school. So this was a book that we wanted to bring together as a resource it's kind of not meant to even be read in one go. Mm. Pick it up. It's kind of like, remember when we used to get the Guinness World Book of Records every year? Yeah. And you could pick it up, put it down, all that kind of thing. Um, this should be something that you can come back to. But we've tried to bring really dry areas of content to life, beautifully designed, and really try and get a sense that there are no silly questions out there. This, the news is for you. You know, Glenn, one of the most common phrases we get is, I'm not a news person, but I love the Daily Oz. Yeah. And so this book is for not news people. I'm not a news person, but is the sentence we want to try and get rid of in the world. Mm. It looks like a really good uh, book and I love how they've let you print it in colour. Just one colour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my publisher, I'm like, I want colours <laughs> like... No. No. You um, get one colour. So we took TDA Purple, yeah. a lovely, lovely purple and... um tried to bring it to life through some of the illustrations yeah. and all that kind of thing. And I think everyone, like, let's support up-and-coming Australian businesses. Yeah. And if you want to do that, there's a link in the show note, buy this book. Hey, every uh, mums, dads, aunts and uncles, children, uh, grandparents, this would be a good gift to buy for your late teens, early 20s. That's the um, aim. People for Christmas birthdays. That's the aim. Yeah. Because, you know, there's one thing that you can buy people if they've got all the money in the world or mm. no money in the world, and that's a good book. Yeah. So everyone will get behind this. We might wrap it up. Is there anything that you wanted to kind of get across that we may have not def- have discussed? I think it's really interesting talking to you and particularly kind of knowing your audience as a group of people who are entrepreneurial and thinking about their own business journeys, small businesses. And the one thing I hope, comes through the Daily Oz example when I talk about the business is just not to evaluate success too early. And what I've noticed, especially with really young entrepreneurs, is they kind of give something about three weeks 
And if it doesn't work after three weeks, it's not worth doing. And I'm challenging as many people as I can to stretch that to 12 weeks. Do something for 12 weeks. If you want to start a newsletter, do a newsletter every day for 12 weeks before you start thinking about is it working or not. Um, and I just really hope that we can help each other persist as entrepreneurs because good ideas take time. Yeah, and in my business, anything we trial, we commit to it for six months. There you go. And then That's what, the next model. Yeah, that's right. And then what you do, right, you can't look at the micro. You've just got to zoom out and look at trends. Agreed. Like Agreed. If it's trending up to the right, double down. Yeah. If it's not, be okay to stop. Exactly. Have you read the book The Dip by Seth Godin? No. Okay, I'm going to get you a copy of that. Okay, I'll give yeah. you a copy of No Silly Questions. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> because it's changed my life. I read okay. it every year. Wow. In the startup phase. Yep. Shit, okay. Yep. I'm on it. So, all right, everyone. You can uh, find No Silly Questions in the show notes. You can find No Silly Questions anywhere you get good books. Yeah. And you can find The Daily Oz on Instagram and sign up to the newsletter, website, podcast, podcast everything. Um, you have permission anytime to message me and say, I want to jump on and talk about something. Thanks, Glenn. Anytime. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.